0: Hello, everyone. And before we start the show, I would like to take a second to thank every single one of you for supporting Oyster World Radio by lending your ears. It's freut to me, or it makes me happy that I can share my experience and the experience of others as we all search for the truth, the meaning of life, and what makes us happy. If you'd like to support the show even further, please visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com forward slash Radio to make a donation. Your support is rocket fuel as I take the challenges of a podcaster on the road so please support the show support global citizenship support our mission to help meet people and cultures and become a patreon at patreon.com forward slash oyster world radio donate today welcome to oyster world to oyster
1: world
0: island. Radio. Hello oysters and welcome to another episode of oyster world radio the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe it's easy to get trapped in the day-to-day routines of our own personal bubbles but there are billions of ways to live the one life you got and it's my job to find those ways and bring them to you i'm nathan lieberman and in this episode this episode was really really random I had to get out of the Schengen Zone, which is most countries in Europe, for visa requirements, and I settled on the capital of Scotland, Edinburgh. Somehow, some way, I got invited through couchsurfing, shout out, couchsurfing by a man named Yang, who basically had a hotel for couchsurfers, sometimes taking in three, four, five people at a time. And for us, it was absolutely amazing. You get to meet lots of cool people, you get to stay with people from all over the world, and that's how I met today's guest, Benjamin Reusser. Ben is from Switzerland, and after a stay in Ethiopia, decided that he needed to learn more about the world, which brought him to Edinburgh. He could easily just have bought a house, got a job, and had a family in his little oasis of a small town in Switzerland, but that wasn't quite enough for Ben. He knew there was more out there, more to learn, more to see, and he pulled the trigger in a quest to see not only what the world has to offer, but what he personally is made of. What did he find? Well, I'll just let him get into it. So here's my conversation with Benjamin Roycer. So Ben, welcome to Oyster World Radio. We met by chance in (laughs) this wonderful couch surfing hotel called Yang's Hotel. (laughs) Very famous (laughs) five-star hotel in the middle of Edinburgh, Scotland and welcome to the show and say hi to everyone out there.
1: Yeah hey thank you very much. Um, Yeah I'm happy to be here and be your interview partner. It's like I never thought of being this when I made my trip to Edinburgh. Yeah. And yeah hello guys out there and uh I hope I can share a little bit of me with you and you're gonna enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And it's I kinda
0: coerced you into doing this podcast. I'm still working on the big man over here, the big man on campus. But and you were, you were um, you're um very willing to come on the show and share your story. And I Sure, yeah. Um I think one of the the most interesting things about couch surfing too is that we meet people that we would never ever normally Yeah, meet, Yeah, think. Um, Definitely. It, it's one of the coolest experiences I, I've been on already, so a little shout out to Couchsurfing, you guys are doing a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's enough, about, that's enough about that, let's get into your story. So you are from Switzerland. Yes, right, yeah. And I never thought I would meet a Swiss guy here in Scotland, but, <laughs> 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 but
1: here we are. Yeah, that's, that's life, I guess. Yeah,
0: so where exactly did you grow up in Switzerland?
1: Uh, I grew up in a super tiny village, it's called uh, Goldieville. It's uh approximately 1,500 people living there. Oh, so
0: that's it, just about 1,500 people. Yeah, an and it's world.
1: uh I mean Switzerland is tiny itself the country, so it's quite near like the next bigger city is 50,000 people, it's just like 15 minutes by car. Yeah. Uh, and it's in the mountains in the I was Alps. Say,
0: what is it what does it look like? I, I oh, I would love to. <laughs> and, and the beautiful Alps and um, the snow on all of the peaks. And it's
1: like actually really, uh, I would call it like the highlands because it's like you have the village and then you have a big lake <laughs> and mm-hmm. behind the lake you have just a mountain range. Yeah. And it's, it takes me half an hour and I'm in like two and a half, three and a half thousand meter wow. high peaks. And we have the view of all of those. And on the other side, you have the view of the like the bit flat land of Switzerland. So it's uh, it's really beautiful scenic location. So it's just
0: you, 1,499 other people yeah. in the middle of these wonderful <laughs> Alps. And you walk out your door, and in a couple hours, you can be on top yeah, of them. yeah,
1: Yeah, you can basically do hikes right from my house up to 2,000, 2,500.
0: So what was, so you're 15. And you're
1: you're hanging out with your friends yeah. on a normal day. What what do you do in in your <laughs> town? Uh, it depends a lot on the season. Actually, like, um, of course, winter season, Switzerland. You just grab your skis and drive somewhere and go skiing. Of
0: course, yeah, it makes sense that it's yeah. a big skiing community and
1: yeah. big ski resorts are next door. Or just even put them on your back and walk up a, a hill and then ski down. So that was basically most of the time during winter, uh, Christmas holidays or like winter break. It was all about skiing or ice skating. Yeah. It's quite a big deal. And then summer is uh, either where you go just to the beach or to the lake and hang out and make party or you go mountain biking, hiking, climbing. So, huge <laughs> so it's like, presence. yeah, it's all uh, me and my friends and also with my brothers, my family, this is all about the outdoor. That uh so nice. And it's like, yeah, I mean, why should I, uh, I don't know, why should I spend money to do other activities or why should I spend a lot of money to do sports in the club maybe or whatever because I could yeah. just pack my stuff walk and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. How long, are we, how long have you been skiing? Uh, I think I started when I was three years old. You were three years old, so you must be pretty dang good. (laughs) Yeah, I did it all my life, and we even yeah. It's I think we could literally say we grew up on skis in Switzerland. Yeah, and especially my family and also my friends, we went skiing all the time.
0: What was your favorite wipeout or your favorite wipeout of one of your friends? So your favorite fall (laughs) down the mountain, big
1: snow cloud, there's got to be one that you really remember that was pretty bad. Uh, Actually, my personal one is maybe not even when I was skiing, I was like on this uh, lift or like this cable car kind of stuff. And uh, I got stuck on this one. Uh, so you are, if you approach the end of the hill, you're supposed to like jump out and then just go away. But I tried it, but I kind of stumbled and this uh, seat catched my one of my legs again, oh, yeah. and I got stuck in this one. I got dragged down all the fucking way with the lift back to the to the, dragged, to the valley station. <laughs> no, they nobody stopped because it wasn't that big. <laughs> So maybe that was that was the most like kind of so embarrassing you stuck one. In the lift. <laughs> yeah. I was like hanging upside down it. because I was just stuck with one leg there. You gotta be <laughs> good <laughs> good. So That's that was good quite good. embarrassing one of myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember many like m- many friends that got like stuck in a in a fence from I don't know, like the cow cow fence, how you call it, you know, where in summer they use it like as a fence for the to keep the cows oh, inside, yeah, like the cow and fence they don't there. remove them, and so you just go down the deep powder, and suddenly you're like, oh, you get tangled up, in, <laughs> in, in the snow somewhere, yeah. and then over, like in, snag yeah. <laughs> So some, a few of them like got stuck. Is like it any
0: is it any real set um, resorts almost? Because in the states it's really just <laughs> you have ski resorts with designated slopes or yeah.
1: is that you go up the lift and you kind of just go wherever you want and if there's a cow fence <laughs> there's a cow fence <laughs> Yeah, I mean we, ha- we have a lot of resorts and uh, there's one just next door it's quite famous it's Adelboden they also have a world cup World Cup race oh, from yeah, the Alpine skiing yeah and we often go there with family mostly we also have a holiday house but if I just went for the weekend or just even Wednesday afternoon when we had the uh, school off we just Walked some to some hills and skied down like this because uh, we didn't bother paying the tickets for the the the, the, yeah. the resort so that's thats but that's where the accident happened mostly because it's unmarked yeah area and then yeah it was, and it was just natural it's a better experience and, yeah, yeah the, the powder mostly yeah <laughs> pick up the fences exactly so yeah they caught
0: a couple skiers <laughs> yeah. <and all laughs> right <at> <laughs> so yeah oh, that sounds like paradise That sounds. Especially as a kid growing up, you always want to be outdoors,
1: and yeah, I think I'm really appreciate my childhood because I mean I never really played video games or i never it's never really i never some or I never watched t v series like some friends of me now in my age, they talk always about their childhood favorite childhood t v series. I have no idea I never watched any of them, yeah, because I was always out, yeah. And, and there's something really I feel amazing like, about that. Yeah, yeah. At like a certain period, I was like, okay, shit, I think I missed something. But now I'm like, no, fuck, I didn't miss anything. I'm so happy that I had this. And it kind of also made me who I am and what I appreciate now. So Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I know I look back and I go, dang, I did waste a little bit of time. <laughs> I was really
0: good at Halo. Yeah. But it doesn't really help me now. No. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fun too, but... Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty fun too, but not, not so helpful now. Not so helpful now. I could have been a better snowboarder, probably, <laughs> yeah. if I didn't play so much Halo. So what was, um, going back to the village and the village life, what was it like growing up with your parents? Were they really strict? Or is there a specific, <coughs> I guess, style, like a family style that's in, in Switzerland that's predominant in Switzerland?
1: Yeah, I think, I wouldn't call it Strict. It was, in my case, was a bit special because my parents are uh, quite religious, so mm-hmm. they have the Evangelic uh, Methodist Church. They're a member of the church, so I had like a Christian education and everything. Yeah, I went through. So that was a bit my maybe the most strict part about it. Like. Yeah, you have a bit more manners, or to learn like better manners, or you don't say a lot of bad words, and, yeah. and compared to other children, maybe my age back in the days. But otherwise, it was it was quite easy. I mean, we were. I have two brothers and a younger sister, and uh, we always helped. We have a big garden, so it was just you um, normal that you helped in the gardens, and you did. You had to do your little jobs, helping the household and everything. As long you did this, it was fine, and mm-hmm. you could just.
0: What I what I've noticed too, at least in Germany, and within my with my older cousins in the older generation, mm-hmm. it's a very traditional relationship between uh, the the husband and wife. The wife is usually <laughs> kind of the owner of the house. She cleans, she cooks, yeah. and then the man just works and yeah, brings is the, money. the money. <laughs> the money expects yeah. dinner to be there like yeah. when he gets back. Is it the same in Switzerland? Or? <laughs> I'm sure that might be much more of an older generational thing,
1: but did you see that a lot? It is. Like, if I compare with other countries, like, I lived in a few countries abroad, it's super traditional still back home. Like, you have yeah. this really classy uh, part where, as you say, the husband is going going to work, he brings the money, the wife is taking care of the children and makes the household. That's quite... Still, especially in the countryside, it's, yeah. it's still like this. And my family was the same, yeah. Like, my mom was always around every day back home. And, yeah. But...
0: I'm sure that was kind of enjoyable, too. To
1: have <laughs> I think here. for me, like, I found it... I appreciate it so much right now that I had my mom actually being back home and educated me. Even yeah. I went to school, yeah, but I came home and she was there. Or before I go to school... I was five years at home every day with my mom, and she was the one who, like, gave me the first education and and, and teach me what is uh, important in life and all the little things. Yeah, And I do really appreciate it. Even it's a really traditional way of family and everything, but, yeah, I kind of think it's better this way when you really stay with your mom or... It can also be the dad, I mean, it yeah. can be the opposite, like the, the mother's going to work and the dad stays at home, right, obviously. Right. But what each uh, like part of the parents think that they give the education. For me, this is a really uh, important. I had it and I would like to have it too, once, if I would have children. I like. Right, it's, it's... It's like...
0: Yeah, it's... um, And I feel sometimes that, that gets lost in the US, especially with... Now, it seems like the mom and dad both have to yeah. have to work, but it seems, I've seen it a lot in Europe, of being still structured that way, and mm-hmm. a lot of people still really enjoy it. And it seems like your childhood, too, was something that I feel like most people would seem to be kind of ideal, like you go outside, you have yeah. all your friends, in the summer you're drinking on the lake, <laughs> in the winter you're hiking up mountains, <laughs> getting stuck on fences <laughs> laughing at your friends, and... Unfortunately, you weren't able to stay there for too long. We all grow up at some point. So uh, this is also, uh, I feel, almost universal. A very big gray area for people growing up is this, uh, okay, it's time to
1: leave. Yeah. And you joined the army. So <coughs> yeah, What, what I was your
0: decision process to join the army? Was there any...
1: I mean, it wasn't... Uh, I would never have done it if it wasn't uh, obligated. In, it's obligated in Switzerland. So, oh, so every, every boy or every man uh, after his eighteen till like twenty two, yeah, you have to join the army. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So what? <laughs> it, and you. I, I guess that's a little foreign concept to me, so you, you knew you had to go in, was there a problem, did you get to choose where you went, Do you just submit your name and say okay, put me where you need me. No, it's
1: actually you have to do a test, like one part of the test is um, like sports test, they test your physic- uh, physical skills, and the other one is more about intelligence or how like, yeah. can you like, connect with things and problems, uh, solution and all this kind of stuff and then you get a certain amount of points and if you reach uh, some certain levels, you can choose which troops you want to join. Right. So <laughs> so if you give a bit of effort, you have a bit more uh, opportunities. Gotcha. <laughs> to gotcha. do it. Uh, yeah, so that's how it works. Where did this fall in the education
0: system? Is it part of the education? Is it after university? Is it before university?
1: Yeah, I mean we have a bit different system in Switzerland than in you guys in the states because we have like you make the primary school and then you make uh, high school and you finish with sixteen, and then you can choose either way you make apprenticeship in a, in the yeah. job like I did. Okay. I I made apprenticeship as a joiner yeah. or furniture carpenter, or you can continue to study in um, Switzerland. It's called uh, gymnasium. Yeah. It's like uh, it must be like the College in the States, right? yeah, Yeah, kind of. And so it's mostly the army is in... Most of the people do it when they are around their 20s, like 19, 20. So they finish... I, I finished my apprenticeship with uh, 19, and oh, I wow, went so straight yeah. to the to the army. And you, if you do the three years normally, if you continue study after high school, it's uh, three years, and so you're 19 as well, and then you do it. For uh, either one year or just half a year, and then you can continue with your education, yeah.
0: Right, so yeah, it kind of just fits right in the middle yeah. of it all. And you I mean, you can postpone
1: it if you want to do, or, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: so you, and you're <coughs> done at 19, too. So either way, you, you're you done with almost our equivalent of high school uh Sixteen, mm. and then you have a three-year apprenticeship from yeah. university till nineteen. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a little bit quicker, and then of course the national service too kind of fits right into it's almost like an education
1: piece, or is it just to keep people in the <laughs> army? You have. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a really bad uh, opinion about the Swiss army. I think it's it's a joke actually. Really? Yeah, because I mean. We don't, Switzerland wasn't in a war since like 700 years. Yeah. So oh, first of right. all, nobody yeah. has an idea what is like, what is it like to be in a real situation, you know? Yeah. And the, on the other hand, it's like, it's so bad, organized, the structure and everything, it sucks so much. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was, for me, it's just a waste of uh, tax money and time. Because and we don't have a proposal. We don't. It doesn't make sense. That we have an army. Yeah. Right. We, we don't. It. I mean, the only little thing you could say is like self defense. Right. But you, Switzerland cannot defend itself against anybody <laughs> because we are such a <laughs> shitty little country. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a shitty little
0: country, but yeah,
1: you. We have no chance. Like, or I can give oh, you yeah, one got example. We serious
0: mountains. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our places. plan, you know, yeah. during the Second World War. <laughs>
1: we take all the tunnels in the mountains, and if the Germans would have invaded us, we would just all go and hide in the mountains. Just all go and that hide. That was our plan, yeah. And then just sit so, there and, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe they would the <laughs> <to death. laughs> Or I can give you an example, like Swiss army. It's going to be really funny for you guys <laughs> because uh, we have. Uh, the um, like our uh, airspace, like controlled by the Swiss military. So if there's a foreign plane which is not like uh, registered, enters. Right. The Swiss, um, uh, the guys with the jets have to go and like right. take care of it. So it happened like two or three years ago. There was a flight from Ethiopia, and it was kind of like um kidnapped or hit, hitchhiked by the yeah. pilot because he wanted to to land it in Switzerland and then get, like, uh, Asil, uh, uh, how do you say it, like, to, and, all right. because well, he was from wait. Ethiopia, and he wanted to be in Switzerland, so he could apply, that he could stay in Switzerland. Oh, the pilot wanted to do that. Yeah, the pilot of the, of the aircraft. Yeah. But so, he was, like, he was supposed to fly to France, but he entered the Swiss airspace, and... So normally the jets are supposed to start, take off and like guide him to an airport. But yeah. it was at uh, six in the morning. But the Swiss, uh, how do you call the organization with the jets and everything? Uh, the air force? The air force, yeah. exactly. The Swiss air force they have office time, yeah. they open at 10 in the morning. They open at 10 in the so, so they, they weren't able <laughs> <laughs> So this guy is So, so the, the, the pilots from France had to come over to Switzerland and guide this guy to the, the, to the, the, Air because the airport, because the Air Force in Switzerland wasn't opened until 10 in the morning. No, that's a new concept. So that's me. how Swiss Army works, <laughs> and that's why I'm like, well, there's okay there's some kind of plane in here, but eh. <laughs> So if you want to attack us, just do it before just 10, 10 a.m., when everyone's asleep. Wow, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... Um, but once again, I mean, so
0: you, guys, you guys haven't had a, a war in hundred years, so...
1: Yeah, we are supposed to be neutral, so that's why, like, we have... We do a lot of diplomatic works, and we have some special troops, special forces, uh, for example, between the border of South and North Korea, they're all just Swiss guys yeah or in the east of Europe, in the Kosovo, all the all the Balkan regions, we have some troops there just to make like peace yeah. peace troops kind of yeah. But this is professional, so this is not right. yeah it's, it's not the same thing. deal. You really have to do and you have to do education and you really want to do it, otherwise you don't get it. You can't sleep till ten AM. No, (laughs) I don't don't think so. (laughs) So So yeah, that's why I think Swiss army. What
0: what was your job? What did you have to
1: do? I was uh, in the rescue uh, troops. I thought it's like my brother did it, and I found it quite interesting. It's called um, the organization. It's called SKH. Oh fuck! I forgot. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, ask. A SKHT this means like Swiss Rescue Special Forces something. I don't really know how to translate. Gotcha. Yeah. So for example there's an earthquake in there was a earthquake in Haiti a few years back. Yeah, Haiti. This troop will go there and help like uh, gotcha. making rescue, relief and, yeah, a relief effort, Exactly. Yeah. if there's natural disaster, an or environmental disaster, you go there and you basically help and you save people. And for me, it was a, like, I like the idea of you have to go to the army. I don't like, I don't like to have a, a rifle or whatever. But if I'm in these troops, the aim is to save people, right? And not to, like, protect or kill or whatever. <laughs> were you ever called into action while you were... I didn't because I quit before it came to this time, yeah. But my brother, for example, he went to, the, to Haiti yeah. and he was, like, working there, yeah. yeah. So that was my job. I thought it's, like, it's a bit more proposed and a bit a better way of thinking about army. But it was just boring. <laughs> yeah, so it was just, I mean, luckily there was no very tragic disaster. Yeah, exactly. On watch, so you, it was about so six was, months, right? And then yeah, you got the hell yeah, out of there. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you exit the army. Yeah. That was probably your last structured um, obligation that you needed to, it was the last, uh,
1: besides school. Yeah, I, mean. but I have, because I, you could not just leave, you have just to enter another organization which is called civil service this is still from the Swiss government controlled so if you leave the army you have to join the civil service and you have to do social work in any case but you have to do it still gotcha so you so, needed
0: one year of
1: either army or yeah, civil service yeah exactly and then so I had like to ask because you, you have army. to get your amount of days before you're like released Gotcha. and you have to do it in. Oh, that's uh, right and you went to Ethiopia yes exactly so, so. how was
0: how was that was that your first time going to Africa your first time running yeah. to Switzerland or have you done a little bit of traveling before
1: uh, it was my first time out of Europe I traveled or traveled this is more holidays yeah. obviously with family um, I went to a few places with friends when I was like starting to be gotcha. uh, 16, 17, 18 but never really like leaving for a certain period for you was this really eye-opening was it it it's probably one of the first times being on your own yes it was um i was always like against development aid because i thought it's like it's not a good way to help africa like you just give them enough to survive but you don't really improve their lives but then I decided, okay, I can have this opinion, but first I want to, like, experience by myself. So I decided to go there, and it was an amazing time. But it really, really made me get to know myself better. Yeah. Like, where are my limits? Like, How,
0: how so? How, what, what made you push to your limits?
1: Especially in, like, uh, the relation or the daily work with other people, which have just another mindset and another, just another view and opinion about life, I think, because the Ethiopian people, they just don't think the same way as we do in little details, I mean. Yeah. And things which are just normal for me, they don't know or they don't think about it and then you have to find a way to deal with them and work together with them. And sometimes it's just like you can't find a point where you can agree on something. Can
0: you give me an example? Uh,
1: For example, one thing is like they have a high, their social or society is really um, structured into like you never criticize somebody who is in a higher job than you. You don't, you just don't. You don't criticize somebody who's older than you. Yeah. You never if he if you don't agree with him, you just shut up. You don't say anything. And I tried to like improve because we had to do business and doing business is not if you just shut up and take everything, it just doesn't work. Right? Exactly.
0: You have to have some kind of negotiation. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: so I tried what I tried to do is uh they they wanted to fire two people of my of my uh team and they were the two best, but they just say we don't like them, so we fire them. So I went to the to the guy in charge and I asked him, like, you cannot fire these guys. I put so much work into them and tried to educate them. And they're going to be your future. So if you fire them now and I go home, I did six months here and it didn't make any difference. Right. And he was like, he he was always saying like, yes, 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 yes. And he promised me to give them new contract and everything. And uh, I went back. I thought like it's really fine and sorted it out. I went back and like the next day they didn't show up to work. And I was like, what happened? I went to I called them and I say, yeah, we are fired. <laughs> so they just.
0: Said, yes, <laughs> so yes, yes, they didn't yes, yes, like yeah. Not
1: to So I tried to go to teach to him and he was like, oh no, don't talk about it anymore. It's like it's done. So it's like you know little things like they give you the feeling they agree on you or whatever, but they just. They block you, or they, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was a
0: whole, there was some culture clash. There was different values. And probably your first time really experiencing that. Yeah. Something very drastically different from the EU. And what what did you take away from that, do you think?
1: I mean, one thing I want to say is the people in Ethiopia, they're really, they're the most amazing people I ever met. They're so friendly and they're so open. And so, like, they want to help you all the time. And I was quite young at this time, I was like 21. And I thought I know a bit about the world and everything. And I thought I know myself, like, yeah, I finished school, I finished my education, and I know what I want to do in the future, and uh, I know, like, how everything is going. And I went there and I was like, okay, holy shit, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it made which is me It's a think, common theme too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely hit that wall too. Once you travel, you realize how yeah. little you actually yeah. know. Yeah, and they made me like. I mean, I grew up in Switzerland, which is a rich country, which has a really high standard of life, and you have you. You just have everything, you know. You don't really, you're not really ever in need of something. If if you're hungry, you just go buy food, or yeah, it's. I mean, right. pretty simple, but it actually is like this. So to see those people, how they live, how poor they live and how they struggle to have enough food and water, but just how happy they are and how friendly and how, uh, how they appreciate just everything and how thankful they are just every day to be here and do what they have to do, I think this changed me a lot. And it questioned, like I started to question myself and what I really want and especially who I am. And so I think since then, it like pushed me on the roller coaster of figuring out who I am and what I want. And since then, I'm on my journey doing my loops. And the journey
0: hasn't been so black and white as always. uh,
1: No, not really. No, but I think that's... You got this kind of splash (laughs)
0: of like, wow, okay, I have a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not very uncommon. I went through the same thing yeah. coming out of college, and you think that you get you get your education, you get, no. to get your job, you're gonna have a good life, and then you get slapped with reality pretty quick. <laughs> and so then you enter that phase, and I know a lot of people listening are also struggling with this phase as well. This gray area type of mm. ease. and. I mean, we'll, we'll, we could probably never say that we're truly out of it ever, but it, it was really strong for you as soon as you left, and you said you began to travel around a little bit, you spent some time in Norway, yeah. and, and what was that time like as you, you come from this great experience, now you're <coughs> trying to really make it, try to find what you like, try to absorb, but not really sure exactly what your direction is, what was that time like for you?
1: yeah I mean it put me like i think when you when I finished like also military i could i had an easy direction I could just like follow the path of how most of people right. do it like I could just easily work, I could do two three more education, and then maybe yeah obviously move out of my parents' place, move in with some friends maybe or with my girlfriend or whatever, and I could just do it like this, but as soon as i went i came back from Ethiopia, I was like no, I cannot, I need to figure out, like, there has to be something else, or right. is this really what I want? So, it, I, by coincidence, actually, I ended up having a job in Norway, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's, I have to take All it, right, I have good. to go, yeah, exactly, like, let's just go somewhere else and, like, get a new experience and just jump in the cold water again, and, like, so I can yeah. finally yeah. Yeah. kind yeah. of carve out, like, who I am and what I want. So I was, yeah, I was in Norway one year. Uh, it was an amazing time. It was uh, The job was amazing. People I met, it was beautiful. The, the, the country is beautiful. It reminded me a lot of, like, back home. Because nature is just outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of starting to feel more confident I thought okay it was one year now I had like a bit stable life everything I I thought like okay I figured out already a lot but as soon as I left it like kind of just disappeared again I start traveling and it came all over again so I think it's I'm still sometime I feel like I have to learn so much more. I want to learn more. I want to meet more people and and learn about life and what I want to do. And then some days I'm like, oh wow, I just have to like kind of settle down and go through everything and sort out everything a bit, right. because there's a lot of impressions every day. You if you're on the road, you, you always have you new. In. Everything is and new, you know. Sort, yeah. Out. yeah. So it's I'm still like a bit like back and forward or like. Some days I'm like really okay, let's go some do some crazy stuff. Other days I'm like, okay, I just need some time to sort it out now. Yeah, but, so what uh, do you
0: think what do you think has worked for you? So now you've been doing this for a couple of years. Uh, sometimes I find myself too much into the information grabbing mode, yeah. Sort it out. Have <laughs> you have you found a system that really really works for you? Or is there is there a balance that you found? Or
1: is it just still chaos? This is a hard question. I don't think I found like a system to kind of know how I can sort out all these new impressions and information. But I figured out for myself that I I cannot just travel and like just travel, travel. If I travel somewhere, I need also to kind of live there. Settle down, even if it's just for a month or two months, but have like kind of a daily life there in yeah. another environment. So then I learn more, or I can kind of pick up just the important things I need to make my life. Yeah. If you know, it's maybe I, complicated. I,
0: I think I would agree with that since living in Augsburg, it's you, you, feel, you see the finer details of the culture yeah. and you also have the time to implement it into your yes, life. Yes, exactly. Even, even a week, it, yeah. it, sometimes it may be too quick to...
1: It, yeah, because you need some time it to get to adjust it. Yeah, yeah. and to be aware of every all the little details. Yeah. And I don't think you really absorb it until you actually
0: use it. Yes. And some something like a month or two weeks, yeah. then you have the time to really adapt exactly, to yeah. it. Well, this this has been. I've already learned so much about Switzerland that I <laughs> already knew. And thank you, thank you, Benjamin, for coming on the show. And I think to welcome. to send me and everyone off into the world, if you could give someone that was in a, that's in a similar situation, or even a younger version of yourself that's mm-hmm. coming out of the army and is maybe looking at the world and doesn't exactly know. What to make of it, or what to do, and what the next step is, but doesn't really want to follow that path in society that's just laid out for them. Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say to someone like that, or yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, I all like if I made friends and they ask me like how, how you do it or like what did you thought when you first started this journey or whatever, I always tell them like just go. Like if you think about. All the positive things or the negative things, and you start thinking about what you give up or what can I gain. Then you don't go. You never go because you're always like hesitating. I think the most important thing is just get your stuff together and go, and don't think about what happened, what could happen. Just be open and be curious. Be
0: curious and. I, and
1: Just keep moving. Yeah, and I think it doesn't take a long time. You figure out pretty soon. Maybe it's not for you, so you can just stop it. I think you don't lose anything, or otherwise it takes you and you will find find each each other. other (laughs) 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 and you cannot as you don't even realize, and you're already on a big journey and like learning a lot about life and the world and everything, which is it's just gonna change yourself and your future and think and so you can like kind of affect all the people around you too so for me the message or if somebody asks me i just say like just go and don't just think about what could happen perfect yeah i love it thank you benjamin for <laughs> yeah you're on welcome the show. this is no a great
0: time and for everyone out there listening at Oyster World Radio, just get out there and go, baby, because you never know <laughs> where the hell the ride's gonna take you. You might just end up being a cool Swiss guy in the middle of Scotland. Who knows? <laughs> and thank you all
1: for listening. Or Young's hostel. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening
0: and we will talk again Two, soon. Three, four. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World, radio production of Oyster World, LLC. Thanks again, Ben Roycer, for coming on the show. you be working on that golf game, buddy, because the next round, we'll have yours on the line. Keep up to date on everything going on in the big gap here on Instagram, at Nathan.wanders, including our hilariously bad golf game, and... The Deutsch trip has turned into more of a world trip with Southeast Asia next on our list for winter, and you'll find all of the pictures at Nathan.Wanders on Instagram. Check out the links in the show description for more information. Special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check them out on Spotify or at charliemilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. Donate today. Thanks again for tuning in Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks, but until then, this is Nathan Lieberman, signing off.
1: I can't take control
0: of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about all the time has gone by It's time for a change in my day-to-day scene Time to turn around from that clock Face the mirror and change me